Alright, welcome to Sports with a Cuppa. Cheers. I apologize first off if you hear some sawing and grinding in the background because some people don't understand that Sunday is supposed to be a day of rest for Christ's sake. Just saying. Alright, it's Sunday so that means NFL playoff games are today. I'm... I'm actually pretty excited for these games because both have their own level of intrigue. You got Baltimore and Kansas City, and then you have San Francisco, Detroit. Start with Baltimore and Kansas City. Now, I am pulling for Baltimore. I've always Baltimore's always been kind of one of those teams that I just I'll root for if my other team isn't there. And I grew up loving Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and those guys and Shen Sharp before he got on TV and Goose. But I'm just Kansas City. I have nothing against Kansas City. I love Andy Reed. I have nothing against Mahomes or Kelsey. A little tired of Taylor Swift, but that's a different thing. But they're really getting into that era of what the Patriots were. And it's like you just grew to hate them just because they were always there. They're always winning. Even when they don't have their best possible team, they're still there. They're like a cockroach from Texas, a Texas cockroach. They're always there. And I mean, they, they're good. They have a good team for the most part. They're well coached. Good game plans every weekend. Yeah, a quarterback that can make every throw and just makes the winning plays and makes special plays. But I'm sick of it already. <laughs> I, I, I want something different. And Lamar Jackson needs this game. He's got to get over the hump. He's got to exercise the demons that are the Kansas City Swifties. He's got to get rid of them. And this might be his Definitely his best opportunity to date, but he's got to take advantage of it. And then on the other side, you got San Francisco, Detroit. Obviously, I'm pulling for Detroit. Partially, small part is just because I'm still a little salty over that San Francisco beatdown of the Cowboys earlier in the year. But that's just a small part. Don't really have anything against San Francisco besides that. But Detroit's just the feel-good story. They haven't really, I mean, they've been there, but it's been 30 years. They've been the laughing stock of at least the NFC for a long time, even more so than the Cowboys. Even though at this point, they're now more accomplished than the Cowboys in the last 20 years. So, oh, um, yeah, I would just really like to see, I just like the way they do things. I, I really like Dan Campbell. McDaniels in Miami is still my favorite coach, but Dan Campbell's right there. So I would just I I would love to see Detroit Baltimore Super Bowl. Two blue collar cities going for the ultimate prize. And I'm, if Detroit were to do it, that's a hell of a run for Michigan sports. Minus the Pistons, but don't lose faith in the Pistons. Ben Wallace and company are doing a good job up there. It just hasn't just isn't coming together quite as easy as others but they're in the eastern conference and so they're always one transaction away from being in the playoffs so 
Don't count them out completely. You can count them out a little bit, but not completely. The other NFL, a couple other stuff, things from the NFL. So Kellen Moore, who was the OC in, in Dallas, he went what to the Chargers, and then now he's going to Philadelphia. If you're a Cowboys fan, you gotta be like, yes, this guy's not that good of an offensive coordinator. Now we really have a chance at beating Philly next year. So that's comforting. Who knows? Maybe they'll catch magic with him. I don't know. But I didn't love his play calling. I think most people that are Cowboys fans didn't really love his play calling. So we'll see if Philly fans love it. But also the Ravens defensive coordinator is interfering. What? I had his his name written down but but just the fact that he's kind of out there and he's not interviewing for head coaching jobs he's interviewing for defensive coordinator jobs and my first thought was well Quinn take a job already so we can go and replace you with this guy because the Ravens has have a nice defense this guy knows what he's doing a new voice can spark something within a team. I mean, again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. There's still some holes that need to be filled on field, but a change of voice, a change in creativity wouldn't be an unwelcome thing. I mean, you saw what the Ravens secondary did to Brock Purdy. You can say whatever you want. Brock's arm may have been bothering him or this and that. No, they dismantled him. So bringing in someone that was kind of the architect behind that defense would not be a bad thing to do. But he is talking to several teams, so Jerry's going to have to outbid some guys. But so one good thing about Jerry Jones, he will go outbid the other guy. All right, let's move on to the NBA. Well, really, it's moving on to the Spurs. So we moved on from Chet versus Wimby, where Wimby secured a victory there, a moral victory. Hopefully changed some people's, not changed, I'm sorry, corrected some people's minds as far as rookie of the year goes. But it was the weekend of Soham. Jeremy's weekend, man. Portland comes to town, and okay, the the game is a little the results a little skewed to me because they lost Jeremy Grant and Scoot Henderson. Like that's a different game if both those guys are there the whole time. We know Jeremy Grant's quality, and then Scoot has really started to come along and figure things out. He's shooting the ball well, especially against us. So that hurt him, but man, but Anthony Simons is just ridiculous. I, I can't remember who they compare him to, but I was like, no, he's more. I think they're saying, I think Sean said he was like Dame Lillard light. I'm like, no, he's not Dame Lillard light. He's, he's another version of Shea Gildress. I mean, he plays in the same way. The shot locations are almost identical. Uh, I just remember, I remember that before the draft, I was like, man, if Portland doesn't rebuild, 
let's sneak in there if they trade that pick and steal Simons. He would have been really, really good here. But they didn't, so it is what it is. But yeah, Anthony Simons is that dude. But you know, I want to shout out DeAndre Ayton because, one, I'm happy he's out of that Phoenix situation. He looked good. Now, this is also coming off of him saying that he's a max player, and I, I, I don't think he's a max player. He doesn't dominate a game like a max player does. Now, do you pay him max dollars because you don't have a choice? Probably. But uh, he's not a max player. He he just still feels like that second guy. Like, against Portland, I wasn't scared of DeAndre Ayton. I was scared of Simons. Um, Ayton just doesn't have that take-over-the-game feel to him. He's got a great jump shot, and he's a decent rebounder and defender. But you want to be a max guy, man, you got to dominate. You got to be able to take over games. You got to carry them to victories. And you couldn't even carry them to a a victory over the Spurs. So uh, that maximum dollars, that does not earn. But still, I mean, he's still a solid big man. Just hopefully those injuries, I think Grant went out with with back soreness. Probably not serious, but scoot. They said quad. Hopefully that's not. Never saw him go down in pain or anything. So hopefully that's just soreness or bruise or something. But then the second night, Minnesota. Wimby's finally going to play a back to back again. Didn't have a whole lot of expectations. Didn't think we would win the game because obviously Minnesota is a much better team. And I think Edwards is playing fantastic basketball. And it started out well, hitting some shots. That's nice. And then a blessing in disguise, Wimby gets a little bit of foul trouble. And it didn't... And this was really impressive. They touched on it a little bit, but it was really impressive that the first thing he does is he looks to the bench, gives him a thumbs up. It's okay. It's okay. And you know what? They showed faith. And he never picked up that third foul in the first half. Very impressive. But I think they rested him a little bit more. Because I think he only played like 13 minutes in the first half. So 13 out of the 30 in the first half. And the game is still fairly close. It's not bad. And you know already the fourth quarter he's going to play about 8 to 10 minutes. So that's a good thing. So it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise. Where a little extra rest. Save it for the end. And... That's that's the thing I've noticed here recently. If the game is close within 10 points in the fourth quarter, this team plays with a different belief. Their their energy is higher. Their rotations are faster and sharper. They're, they're hitting shots. And then, you know, at some point, Wimby's going to make the big momentum-shifting play. Whether it's a block or a big dunk or both, there's going to be a stretch of a minute or so where Wimby's going to, I want to say take, take the soul from the other team, but he's gonna, he's gonna make them think, oh man, we're we we're not gonna win this game. 
he's going to take all the momentum from the other team. But, man, but I mean, Jeremy comes off the 30-point game against Portland where he's just just a beautiful rebound game off that Oklahoma City game where he was just out of sorts. Hitting shots, taking it inside. He's really figured out the mid-range, at least this weekend he did, where before it seemed like every mid-range shot he took was always front-rimming, always short. And he only had 13 against Minnesota, but it seemed like it was all in the fourth quarter. And he was going at Carl Anthony Towns. Now, Carl Anthony Towns is not a big-time defender, but he's still a legit seven-footer that has to have like 30, 40 pounds on Jeremy. And he's attacking him, using his quickness, hitting those little baby hooks, baby floaters over him. It was beautiful to watch. I mean, these were big-time clutch-time buckets he was getting against Cat. And then Devin Vassell finally getting to his spots. Those little mid-range, baseline fadeaways, not just selling for threes. Still not quite attacking the basket a lot, not looking to get to the free throw line. But if he gets to his spots, these are high percentage shots. And to do that against good defenders, I mean, Jaden McDaniels is not a bad defender. Anthony Edwards can be a lockdown defender at times. So to be able to do that against them, he needs to take a lot of confidence from last night. You don't have to be a 30-point-per-game guy. You don't have to be a 25-point-per-game guy. Just be somewhere in the low 20s. You know, some Somewhere like that. Try to look up to remember what he did. So, I mean, 25 points, 11-17 shooting. That's a beautiful night from Devin. So hopefully he can take that consistency forward. You know, we got Washington Monday. We already know we can beat Washington. I expect a better effort from them, but we can beat them, especially on our own court. I'm looking forward to next Wednesday when we play Orlando. Orlando's got some bigs that they can throw Wimby that can't quite match up to him size-wise, but skill-wise, obviously Paolo Bancaro, last year's rookie of the year, he's averaging what, 22, 7, and 5. Not dominant numbers, but still really good numbers, especially for a second-year player. You got the Wagner boys. You got Wendell Carter Jr., who always gives us problems because he's like a 44% three-point shooter. He's, he can go outside. And Jonathan Isaac's healthy. I, I'm pretty sure he's playing. I, I don't know. I won't know till Wednesday, but... If he's playing, we know he's got some skills. I mean, he blocked Giannis twice earlier the year in one game. In one possession, I believe. So they got some guys that are, I mean, their bigs are a little more perimeter-oriented. So matchups where Wimby, who Wimby guards is going to be interesting to watch. But then again, on the other side, is who's going to guard Wimby. So... Wednesday, and that's also a good measuring stick because Orlando OKC is a good measuring stick because they show you where the process can lead to. But again, they're on a different cell phone plan. That's not a real great measuring stick right now. Orlando is a little bit better because they're maybe a year or two ahead of us in the process. They got their guy. They built a foundation. They got their guy. Now they're competing for a playoff spot. 
which is where we hope to be either next year or the year after. So seeing where we can stack up against them Wednesday will be a nice kind of, okay, here we are. But looking forward to that. The homestand is going well. Kudos to that. And we will see what happens today with the playoffs. Appreciate you listening. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, 